<clears throat> I feel like with colonoscopies, there's a lot of stigmas about it. And, and removing barriers so that people will get the test done is important. Mm -hmm. So I tell them I'm doing it. That makes them, in some situations, it makes them feel more comfortable, <laughs> sometimes not. Usually they're more comfortable. Okay, my doctor's going to be there. He's going to be doing the test. People are worried it's going to hurt. Over the years, we have developed uh, changes in our anesthesia protocol. People go to sleep. You sleep through the entire procedure. You're breathing on your own, but you feel nothing. Uh -huh. So then they're like, hmm. Then people will say, Cal, I, I know somebody when they woke up, they're full of air and they're really crampy and they're hurt all day. We've changed that around. So we use, instead of using air from the room to pump into the colon, we, we put uh, carbon dioxide so that your body absorbs it. You're a lot less crampy afterwards. So we, we keep evolving. The tube gets smaller. It gets more flexible as time goes on. Uh, all of the barriers that people have that are fears, we try yeah. to take away yeah. so that they can get it done. This is the Buffalo Community Podcast, all about the greatest small town in the USA, the people in it, and how it all works together. Here are your hosts, Tyler Reese and Mark Benzer. Hey everybody, it is the Buffalo Community Podcast and we've got Dr. Dale Lawrence in here on behalf of Stellas Health and we're going to talk about a couple of things today, uh, some high level things with Stellas and some very important things about your health as well. So Dr. Lawrence, thanks for coming in. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, well, let's go. The main reason is thanks to Stellas Health. Stellis Health. Nailed it. Right oh, on. Oh, boy. Good thing I wasn't part of their group of choosing their name. Uh, it would have never got past that. But Stellis Health was a major sponsor of the Street Party of Hope. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. The Stellis Health has been uh, a part of and a sponsor for the Street Party of Hope even, even before when it was, um, what was it before? Part of the foundation. Pink Street Party. Pink Street, Street Party. Party. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, it goes back way to the beginning. And um, it's, uh, it's a good way for our, our group to be involved in the community, uh, particularly around health-related conditions, mm -hmm. uh, specifically cancer. Um, it started out as breast cancer and now is kind of all cancers. Um, one of the things that's important to me is colon cancer screening because I do colonoscopies as part of my practice. So um, it, it, is, it is important that we continue to try to educate people about uh, cancer screening mm -hmm. yeah and it a uh, little bit about the street party is it it is very it's developed a lot in the last 10 years mm -hmm. it's changed yeah and i think one of the best things for the enjoyment of the evening is moving it from october to september right <laughs> is, is you're, you're right you're banking on way better weather in september and i think they've had better luck with that since they've done that i can remember uh i sold cotton candy for rotary one year and it was really really cold <laughs> and it started to rain too yeah, so. yeah. it's like cotton candy just fizzles out but <laughs> yeah yeah this year we had a little bit of bad luck with you know weather started out great but of course rain comes in so even mm -hmm. even when you take measures to try to improve your chances of good weather of course never fails that rain comes in but uh awesome turnout it was a great turnout good you know, good entertainment and and a um, lot of feedback from the community of just just the uh, how refreshing it was just to be out amongst people. Um, I think people are normalcy. craving that. Yep, 
Absolutely. People are craving that interaction with each other mm-hmm. in a normal fashion. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, shift off of, of that and tell us a little bit more about you. Obviously, Dr. Yeah. Dale Lawrence. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm not a, a Minnesota native. I grew up in I grew up in Illinois. Uh, my dad was uh, in advertising. My mom was a teacher. So I didn't have any kind of um, draw to medicine as far as like family goes. Um, but it was something I kind of thought I always wanted to do and uh, ended up going to college in Decorah, Iowa at Luther College and was there for four years. Um, a lot of the things uh, in my life I've really kind of lucked into because uh, I ended up going to Luther and it was a it had a really great pre-med program and um, was when I went, uh, it sent the second most students to the University of Iowa for medical school. Hmm. And so I'm like, wow, I really lucked out. This is going to be <laughs> this, this is going to be good. Yeah, going with the herd here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I, um, I I went through and did all that sort of stuff and took my tests and and did you know I did well enough on the tests. Uh, but when I applied to Iowa, I had still had overlooked something. I was still an Illinois resident, and um, all of the people that were getting into Iowa were Iowa residents. And so I was competing against a much bigger pool of people. If mm-hmm. I had changed my residency and lived in Iowa sure. during college, I would have gone to the University of Iowa. So at my first year out, uh, I didn't get into medical school. So kind of had to regroup and re- retool my plans. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I talked with uh, the advisors and, and said, you know, is this something that I really should be doing? He said, your numbers are good. You can do this. You should be doing this. So I, I, I applied again the next year, cast my net a little bit differently, uh, and got into two places. And I had to make a decision if I was going to go to rural southern Illinois or to Des Moines. Um, by that time, I was uh, dating my now wife. And... Um, for our life, it made more sense to go to Des Moines. So I went to Des Moines. I was, uh, spent four years in Des Moines. I graduated from Des Moines University, which is an osteopathic medical college. Uh, osteopathic medicine is a little bit different than what we call allopathic medicine, which is the MDs. Uh, osteopathic medicine teaches uh, structural manipulation, so kind of like what chiropractors mm-hmm. do. Um, but it's a little different. Um, sure. And they promote you know, respiration and circulation to try to improve healing. When uh, osteopathic medicine was uh, founded back at the beginning of the 1900s, they didn't have antibiotics, and lots and lots of people, you know, died from things like pneumonia. Um, at that time, the MDs, all they had, they were giving people like arsenic and mercury because that was stuff they thought yeah. worked. And really, it <laughs> turns killed, out it was killing them. It killed people, <laughs> yeah. uh, but they didn't know that. Um, the the osteopaths, the DOs at that time, were doing manipulation to try to improve respiration and circulation and they less people died mm-hmm. um, you know over the last hundred years the the two uh, types of medicine have really kind of come together they're not it's, it's not that much different when you see me or you see dr. Robel at my office who's a mm-hmm. who's an MD you're not getting a very different experience anymore but a lot of it um, is historical and and yeah. some of the trainings a little different yeah couple thoughts anytime I hear decora I've my family and I have discovered Decor in the last two years, and it is a fantastic town. It's beautiful, and it's changed a lot in the you know twenty five years since I was there too. Yeah, yeah. So um, camping, cool breweries, Can- trails, canoeing on the river, yep. tubing. It's uh, it's not what you think of when you think of Iowa. 
No, not at all. It's not flat. Yeah, yeah. So Northeast Iowa's beautiful. Left yeah. country. Uh, Luther College is is set kind of in a valley. Uh, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It was a great place to yeah. go to school. My biggest complaint is their football field's blue, which bothers me a little bit. But bothers me too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went back and visited, and they had changed the color. I said, "Oh no, this isn't good." <laughs> it's hard to watch. I don't. Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah, and um, also just so glad that you weren't a Hawkeye. Like how close you came <laughs> to being a Hawkeye, and and yes. avoided that. You know, and and growing up where I grew up in. North uh, West Illinois, the Hawkeyes were the enemy. Yeah. So it was going to be trouble. It was going to be tough yeah. to sure. do that. So. Awesome. Uh, one question I have: You said the MDs and the osteopathic ones. Is there any uh, you guys ever give each other any grief? Kind of like uh, state troopers and deputies <laughs> give any, anything like the, any fun uh, professional banter? No, not okay. really. No, not anymore. Dang. You know, in, in the seventies, there was a lot of. Uh, they they didn't like each other. Sure, mm-hmm. but, okay. but that's that we're past all that. Yeah, sure. Um, how has you know you you mentioned similar to chiropractic, but you know some differences there? Because when I think of manipulation, I my head goes right to what a chiropractor does. What a chiropractor does. Um, it's similar in that some of the techniques are are similar. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> DOs do a lot more soft tissue manipulation. Okay, uh, chiropractors are moving bones on bones. Uh, and a lot of the things that we're trained in uh, is more soft tissue to kind of get uh, muscles to release and, and relax uh, uh, tight tendons and mm-hmm. sort of things to to improve. Sure. We do the other things as well, but yep. it's, so it's in today's world, some of it is done. Some of what we do is also done by uh, physical therapists, sure. massage therapists, mm-hmm. um, OTs. So it's kind of kind of yep. branches the whole sure. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> Illinois College in Iowa. Uh, now yeah. you and your family are so after, Staples in Buffalo. Well, and after that, I went to Michigan. Oh, okay. And I actually graduated from Michigan State University for my for my residency. So it was another another Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Another Big Ten place. Um, and we were there for three years. And <coughs> my wife Amanda hated Michigan. Oh, so okay. We she was from the. Excuse me. Yep. <coughs> She was from the Twin Cities, and I remember she drew a circle around the Twin Cities and said, "Anywhere in here." And so I <laughs> threw a dart. I called a, a recruiter, and uh, we found we found Buffalo, and this is my first job, and I think it's going to be be my last job. So, Very yeah. cool. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about your job is sure. uh, the importance of cancer screening. Sure. So I'm I'm trained as a as a family practice doctor, so I take care of kids and adults and elderly um, and men and women and so I think I'm kind of uniquely situated to um, help people understand the importance of colon cancer screening. When I was in residency um, some of my trainers had kind of encouraged me to to, to learn how to do colonoscopies um, <clears throat> and I was kind of mildly interested in it. Um, I liked doing things with my hands, I like doing things out of the office. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was pursuing that. But what really kind of set the hook is when um, one of my one of my trainers in <clears throat> pardon me, in residency, he was having some rectal bleeding and he was in his forties and he had hemorrhoids and he thought the hemorrhoids were bleeding. So he never got anything done about it. He realized that he had stage four colon cancer that had 
metastasized to his liver, and uh, and that was when he when when he couldn't poop anymore, mm-hmm. and and he realized at that point that the bleeding wasn't just hemorrhoids, yeah. and it was coming from you know a bigger problem, and he was dead within two years. Um, at that point, I realized I was in a unique position to try to influence people to get screening tests done, mm-hmm. and. And <clears throat> I feel like with colonoscopies, there's a lot of stigmas about it. And, and removing barriers so that people will get the test done is important. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, I'm doing it. That makes them, in some situations, it makes them feel more comfortable, <laughs> sometimes not. Usually they're more comfortable. Okay, my doctor's going to be there. He's going to be doing the test. People are worried it's going to hurt. Over the years, we have developed... Uh, changes in our anesthesia protocol, people go to sleep. You sleep through the entire procedure. You're breathing on your own, but you feel nothing. So then they're like, hmm. Then people will say, Cal, I I know somebody when they woke up, they're full of air and they're really crampy and they're hurt all day. We've changed that around. So we use, instead of using air from the room to pump into the colon, we we put uh, carbon dioxide so your body absorbs it. You're a lot less crampy afterwards. So we, we keep evolving the tube gets smaller it gets more flexible as time goes on uh, all of the barriers that people have that are fears we try yeah. to take away yeah so that they can get it done yeah it strikes me as one of those things where and i can't really think of a great example other than a colonoscopy where the the fear might be just in where i guess the i the issue isn't the issue or their excuse isn't the excuse. Oh, right. You yeah. got to get past the first or the second excuse to get down to like that core the heart fear, of it. Yep. the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And I imagine there's probably a certain amount of people where the whole idea of it, I don't care if it's more flexible. I don't care if you're using carbon dioxide. I don't care. Yep. It's still a colonoscopy. I know what that is. I don't I want don't, you doing don't that. don't want you yeah. to do it. Yep. I gave you these excuses. <laughs> But really, the stop asking me about. Can it. you yeah. work with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know there are there are other screening tools, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you can check stool for blood. Um, the thing about checking stool for blood, <clears throat> pardon me, is that most cancers don't bleed. A lot more majority of cancers of colon cancers they they show up asymptomatically. So um, while we can look for blood, and I think that's, that's a test we would do every year. Um, it's the gold standard right now is to do colonoscopy. Another test that's available is something called ColoGuard. It's that little guy on television. Yeah. You, 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 you What's in the box? That's right. Stool <laughs> on a stick, and they check for genetic material to see if you're kind of predisposed to colon cancer or if you're shedding cells from, from colon cancer. The thing they don't tell you is that if, if you test positive for that test then you end up getting a colonoscopy and then you end up getting a colonoscopy every five years because sure. you're a higher risk person okay whereas if you'd gotten the colonoscopy to begin with and it was normal it would be a tenure follow-up sure. so it's a it ends up they're trying to stay away from it and yeah end up they yeah end up in it with and is it, does that fall under like a spectrum then of just like the follow-up y- y- well yeah the the color col- col- guard yeah it's like, yeah, you're like 20% higher at risk or 80% higher. Or is it just like, no, it's a pass-fail type deal? It's a pass-fail. And sure. a lot of times it's, they're false positives. So there's really nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily know that. If you, uh, you know, we do the colonoscopy and there's no polyps, there's no cancer, but maybe there's some cells that are coming off sure. of the lining that are before the cancer shows up. And so 
uh, we, we got to keep track of those people so they yeah. come back more frequently. Mm -hmm. When should people start screening? They just moved the age. For years, it was starting at age 50. That was kind of your yeah. everybody's birthday present to themselves <laughs> at age 50. Uh, and and uh, they just dropped the age to 45. Sure. So. Coming right up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's, it's good to do. Uh, I'm glad they moved the, the screening age. We've been finding a lot of precancerous type things and cancer in yeah. people in their 40s. So. Yep. What is the treatment when you, when you talk about some of that very, very early sign of cancer? Is yeah, it, What's the treatment there? So, so a polyp is just a little growth in the lining of, of, the, of the colon, and if we take it out and it's gone, then it can't grow into anything else. The, the problem becomes when it stops being a little thing and becomes, becomes a big thing. So if we, if we do a colonoscopy <coughs> and take the polyps out before they're a problem, then they're never going to be a problem. So, so that's the best thing. Mm -hmm. um, if, if the polyp has gotten big or there's cancerous changes in it, uh, sometimes still removing it with a colonoscopy is, is the treatment, and sometimes they have to have, have, to have surgery. And mm -hmm. we're able to provide those services at Buffalo Hospital. We've got great surgeons who come um, from North Memorial and we've been working with for, I've been working with them for 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. And they do a great job. Um, would you consider... Uh, colon cancer, one of our more treatable cancers in ter on the spectrum of cancers? Yeah, it's certainly 100% preventable. If we find the polyps when they're small, then there's no chance of them getting big. And if we, you know, so it's just surveillance and kind of staying in front of these things. Uh, fortunately, there's a lot of people uh, in Buffalo who are providing the service. Um, mm -hmm. A couple of the surgeons uh, do colonoscopies. There's three family doctors that do it, and there's a gastroenterologist. So we've got a whole host of folks who can help you mm -hmm. meet the needs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's always certainly, uh, we had Dr. Lisko in here, I think two years ago now. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and it's always kind of certainly eye-opening. I like to hear this and like, ooh, that time is coming up and I'm, I'm definitely one of those people that I'm like, stay away from that. Like I'm do fine. I really, really need to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so Again, that's something I have to come to terms with of, you know, taking care of my own health as <laughs> I've got donuts and everything. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it, it's, it is something just, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to your family and it, what's important. And you know what? Every doctor I've talked to, it's just, that's just like business as usual. That's like me looking at a contract or something like, all right, well, here's what we're looking at. Sure you know, is. You know. you know, when you do a thousand of those a year, yeah, it's the, yeah. It's nothing yeah. special about anybody. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's other kinds of cancer sure. besides colon cancer. Absolutely. As a family doctor, I'm sure that you've um, referred people on saying, hey, I, we don't like the look of this test result or this symptom. I think mm -hmm. getting that checked out, maybe yeah. touch on that a little bit. You know, there, there's other screening tests in, in things that cause, or major causes of cancer, things like prostate cancer, things like breast cancer, uh, you know, and getting a yearly uh, mammogram starting at age 40 for women is important. You know, something that should be touched on is that men get breast cancer too. Mm -hmm. um, there's four of us in this room. Um, percentages are probably that would none of, that wouldn't be end up. But if you get enough I men in a room together, somebody's going to end up with. My father-in-law had yeah breast cancer. So <laughs> and it it's it's uh, it's detected the same way. You know, a mammogram is a is a basically a fancy X-ray kind of looking for changes in the in the soft tissue. Mm -hmm. um, we're lucky in Wright County in that we have uh, 3D mammography, which is uh, 
really kind of cutting edge, fancy imaging. Uh, and both Stellis Health offers that at both sites in Monticello and Buffalo, and uh, Central Care Hospital in Monticello offers it as well as Buffalo Hospital. So there's there's plenty of opportunity for that. You know, again, in this room with with four guys in here, we're you know uh, risk for prostate cancer, and uh, you know there's an old saying that says if a man lives long enough, he's going to end up with prostate cancer. Everybody's <laughs> going to get it if you live long enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly uh, pretty common. Uh, and we're we're, st- we're screening for that starting at age fifty. You know, usually there's no symptoms with that. Sure, really. You know, sometimes if there's some blood in your urine or your semen. That's, uh, and that is certainly alarming. So then you come talk to the doctor and we do evaluations. But that's, that's I'd say, like the exception. Yeah. So would, would you consider, like, if you have any changes in your body, you should probably, like, if something's different. This yeah, if there's a new standard, lump that hasn't, you should go get it checked out. It's not out. going away. Uh, yeah, you should go get it checked out. There's yeah. all kinds of things. And, and you know, um, this is something that we deal with all the time. So we're. We're, we're able to kind of help guide folks through that yeah. process. If they need to see a specialist or they need to see an oncologist, uh, we have a lot of that stuff that those folks that come here to us in Buffalo, and, you know, we have a great uh, oncology program at the hospital. There's also oncology program uh, in, in Monticello, and they offer radiation. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things in Wright County that we can, yeah. we can help you with. You know what I hear a lot of is just how, whether it's, it's like we're so lucky here in Buffalo or we're so lucky here in Wright County to have, like, blank. This or that, right? This or that. You know, mm-hmm. we had uh, Sheriff Derringer on, you know, and he mentioned a couple times the the training center that we have throughout COVID, you know, with our facilities. I mean, Wright County, Minnesota in general mm-hmm. is just a great place to to live and practice medicine. There's oh, just so a great much. place to be a doctor. So much resources, and it's right here in our backyard. And so it's just cool to hear, you know, from people who know better that we have these awesome resources for detecting cancer and treating cancer and, you know, things of that nature. Um, Off of cancer? Yeah, maybe get away from that. Right. um, Hobbies. What do you like like doing outside of colonoscopies? Yeah, so I can tell you about my family. Um, I've been married to uh, Amanda Lawrence. Uh, We just celebrated, I think it was 25 years uh, this year uh, in June, uh, being wedded. Um, We have three kids. Elizabeth uh, is a a senior at uh, Gustavus, majoring in geology. She's going to probably do something with water quality when she graduates Hmm. uh, next year. My next oldest, Rachel, is a freshman at St. Ben's, and she's studying accounting. And my youngest, Lucas, just got his driver's license on Tuesday. He's a sophomore. <laughs> so stay off the sidewalks, folks. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um, so we we like to do a lot of things as a family. We travel uh, before COVID. Anyway, we did a lot of traveling. We're mm-hmm. starting to get back into that now. Um, I like golfing. Uh, like reading, you know, uh, I really am trying to do a better job of work-life balance. Uh, there was a time with work that it was really all-consuming. Yep. Let and us know uh, when you get that. Yeah. Okay. It, it, you, it's like uh, it's like holding back water. You got to you got to just yeah. keep trying. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it, it's uh, I'm doing better with. It. I'm trying to do better with that. Good. Take care of myself so that yep. I can take care of others. You know. Yeah. 
Where's your favorite place that you've traveled? Amanda and I went to Italy um, 10 years ago, and that was fantastic. It was like four little trips all all in one trip. We went cool. to Florence and Rome and uh, Positano, which is on the Amalfi Coast. It was it was a great trip. It was a great trip. Is that something you plan yourself, or is it kind of a no, tour? No, at that time we went with, uh, we had a travel agent take okay. care of everything for us. Yeah. And that was fantastic. Yeah. What's, where's the next bucket list place that you'd like to go? Ireland. Ireland? Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to Ireland. Very fun. You should do that. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the wise words there, Mark. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, that, uh, that sounds fantastically awesome. Thanks for telling us about cancer screening and the importance of that. And sure. thanks to Stella South for sponsoring the Street Party of Hope and that we can all be here today. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're always happy to do that. One, one of the parts uh, we like to invite you guys as audience members to be a part of our show, you can always call our Google uh, Google voice number at 612-405-7993. Go ahead, leave a message, and we'll talk about whatever topic, if it's appropriate, or if we're interested enough, uh, do it. <laughs> Don't know. We go through them all, and we just need to fit, fit them in, but uh, we can air your voicemail on the show. But for the Buffalo Community Podcast, I'm Tyler Reese. I'm Mark Benzer. Dale Lawrence. Thanks for listening to the Buffalo Community Podcast, produced by Edlin Media. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts.